Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Hello and welcome back to the table with no such nonsense. Last week, we looked at the relationship between the first generation migrants and the second generation. This week, we thought it only fair to look into the relationship between the second generation and the third generation. So stay with us as we look at the relationship between the second generation and the third generation and compare how it is different between the first generation and the second generation. Welcome back and thank you for staying with us. Last week we had uh, two special guests, Mr. Abdul, a first generation migrant, and his son Abid, who's a second generation born in the UK. And we looked at the relationship between the first gen and second gen, the hopes and dreams of the first gen regarding their children who are the second gen. It seemed extreme. Yeah. But True to life, though, True wasn't it? Life. Yeah, yeah. Yes. We've seen it through and through. No matter how much people try to hide it, it is a true reflection of what goes on behind it. doors, behind closed doors. Behind yeah, closed yeah. Doors, very true. Yeah. So we've had a few people write in, and then we thought it's only fair to also put the light on second gen and see are they making the same mistakes? Have they improved? You know how that situation falls. But. I think it gets more complicated now, which is which is going to be really interesting because, unfortunately, a couple of second gen fell into, no, I will say, fell into a trap where they've then had to marry from abroad and now you have mixed parenting. You yeah. have a second gen, father or mother, and then you have a first gen father or mother so i'm talking about myself well, here basically so, so second, I'm, gen, I'm but second gen they've got so no your missus would be second gen she's first gen because she's migrant she's first, oh, the first okay, time okay, okay. she's first gen i'm second gen because i was born here from a migrant parent 
So she's got the same. I don't really like that word that you know that way for second gen migrants because to be honest, isn't it migrate from anywhere? You know, I was born here, so no, we didn't. So, so... We'll, st- we'll, we'll stick with second gen then. Yeah. But the first gen, they were when we say first gen, we're talking about the migrant parents who came over. Me personally, I have different outlook on life compared to my wife. So I would relate my wife or pair my wife closer to my parents' aspirations, the first gen, because she is first gen as well. She grew up in pretty much the same environment as my parents did, hardship, Mm. countryside, fields, you got to scrape by. So she's probably got aspirations for her kids to be educated. Why? Because in Pakistan, if you have an educated job, and this is a Sarkari Khan, meaning government work, because the mindset there was you get educated, you get into a government position, and you're basically set for life. Whereas for me, there's so much more opportunities here in the West to break into sports, creative media, absolutely anything you want. Social media's changed the game. It's, it's a different world now. I mean, fair play, your missus might be first-gen migrant, but she, what, what, I mean, what generation does she fall in? Actually, I don't know. I fall into, I'm a millennial, by the way, guys. What, what I use? Well, according, tell us the, uh, so, yeah, yeah. the boundaries. Right, so according to Google, it says, born 1928 to 1945. No, I'm not in that. Silent generation, probably grandpa era. 1946 to 1964, baby boomers. No, I'm not in that. Born 1965 to 1980, generation X. Okay, I fall in that and so does my wife. Right. Millennial, 1981 to 1996. That's more. And generation Z would be 1997 to 2012. That's according to Google. What about you, Sol? Where do you fall on the chart? Uh, generation X, was it? Yeah. Oh, so you're the same as Niz? Right, yes. okay. Okay, cool. But That is so weird as well. So my missus falls in the same generation group, group as yourself. she's got a completely different mindset. So it's not the ages, it's the environment. It's got, yeah, yeah, the environment, environment does shape you, yeah. Yeah. So with my wife, I know that she's got a mindset of, I need my kids to be upstanding members of society. Well, what parent doesn't, but I'm not going to force them to. And they must get an education and it's got to be one of the accountancy, doctor, lawyer, a degree, a diploma, basically. Yeah, I don't think that works anymore, not in this environment. Then back in the day, that was the the vision. Get a job, steady job, work in that job 30, 40 years, retire with a pension and boom, we're done. And That's really interesting what what you mentioned then. That reminds me of an article people's mindset in the West is starting to change. I think there was an article where 4 million people in the US have left their job since COVID. Yeah, I've heard. So, yeah, I've heard something similar to that. That's right, yeah. So they've got a different mindset. They no longer want to be tied down to something that they're bored by. They actually feel like the job should be rewarding, not a chore. It's not just about rewarding. It's about personal value. Uh, I don't know if you guys noticed that. Uh, a video online about a person where he was a forklift driver and his bosses didn't give his time off for his uh, 
think it was his daughter that had cancer. Yeah, yeah, I heard about that. It's been going around social. And now, if you look at it, he's a, a taxi driver doing his own business. So yeah, there is opportunity there. I think that's what it is. This day and age is more opportunity than, let's say, what our grandparents would have had to make a, a living by yourself. And I think that's where um, Asian parents get caught up. First gen, anyway. First gen, yeah, I agree there. First gen get caught up. They have this blueprint. It's like, and it's repeated. It's like, I think every household's got the same story. So go school, get your education, go college, A-levels, go uni, get a degree, get a job, then get married by 25, then pop out a couple of kids by, you know, late 20s, early 30s. And then when you're like in your 50s or whatever, get your kids married off and then, hey, whole job's done. That's the blueprint. I think it's right. I think from a social perspective, a father and a mother has a tick box list. Father earning the income, making sure that bread's on the table, roof's over the head. And then the mother has the idea of raising the children, making sure they have their deen, religion, making sure they get married, making sure they have grandchildren. And then once they've ticked all the boxes, I'm now... Ready to die. Well, no, uh, sukoon. Um, yeah. Peace. Sukoon, I think it means peace. If you ask that generation of anti-Jews, they'll say, I- I'm not free yet. I'm any farag, right? Translating, I'm not free, meaning, oh, I've still got kids to get married yet. Once they're all married, I'm free. But then I know of relationships that the 20th year of marriage, they've divorced. What did they reset then? Like, what happens? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, I guess, um, I guess, depending on where you come from within the country, there's it's the same concept but just different words for it. So, farik meaning free, and schoon, like Saul said, meaning peace. You know, they've they've done their duty, and there's nothing more for them to do. But yeah, Dibs, that's a very good point. What happens when they get divorced? This is yeah. this is my difference of point of view as well because I now deliberately teach my son and my daughters independence learn to cook learn to iron your clothes do not become a burden on someone and don't also rely on someone else yeah going back to that that was the first gen that's their template and their blueprint so it'd be interesting to sit here from your you guys so like you're a parent so what what do you see like your duty as a, as a father like what when do you think you're free or is there a concept of i'm free once this is done so let me um jump in on that first then so for me personally my tick box there's only one and it is will they be happy i can't make sure they're happy will they be happy that's it it's not even a tick box really no i don't want to set them any goals like for my children they started calling me different names usually in our language it's abu or abu g and I never minded what they called me, dad, daddy, or one thing they used to call me was Abu Dabu, meaning dad box. Now, my parents, first gen, and my wife, were absolutely angered by this, annoyed by this, and they would say to them, you don't say that to your father. You call him Abuji, which is respect, but I don't want... But it didn't bother you. It didn't bother me, but yeah. that's that's the different aspect I've got on my children. I want them to be my friends, 
I don't want them to be subordinate. I want to be able to talk to them. I want to, I want them to be able to talk to me. They need to realize I'm here for them no matter what. I don't require their obedience. I don't require their love. But isn't that a certain age? Because I remember reading somewhere, and Islamically, it goes al- along these lines anyway. From birth to seven years old, they say you should act like a slave to your kids, right? So do whatever is required for them because they're young. From seven to 14, you should make them your slaves. So you shouldn't be like, shy, go and do this for me, get me a cup of water, blah, blah, blah. And then 14 onwards, they should be like uh, your lieutenants, you know, your the people you go to, uh, you ask for advice and you ask him about decisions and then you tell him why you're making a certain decision so they know. So they're kind of involved. Like with us, even if we're 30, 40, 50, it doesn't matter for the first gen, you're still, you're too young, you're my kids, you don't know nothing. Yeah. I know more than you. Yeah. I agree with you there. First gen parents, even though you're 40, you're 50, it would be, why didn't you ask me first? I'm 40 years old. I'm, I'm, I'm taking out a phone contract. Why do I need to? And I'm, and I'm not joking there. I'm not joking. When I'm mm. saying phone contract, I'm being absolutely serious. Why did you take out a phone contract with this company without asking me first? I'm 40 years old. But what is that like? Asking, what do you think, permission or just, just, just putting it by me? I mean, you shouldn't have to, but what, I, what do you think their I, mindset is there? Their permission. They want to maintain some level control. of authority. Control. Like I said, with my kids... I want them to be my friends. I don't want them to look at me and think they have to obey me. I, I wouldn't mind their respect. That's that's good. But there's a difference between respect and obedience. Obedience mm. comes through fear. Yeah. What about you, Sol? Is there like a blueprint that you've got for your, your children? or It's just more of a take it day by day because you don't know in it what's coming around the corner. Anything can happen. Obviously, you raise them as the best of ability that you can. But this is right. Uh, eventually, you do want them to be so-called friends. Mm. Because, you know, you want to relate to them, have a conversation. That's one of the end goals. Because, you know, if you can't approach you, then who would they approach? Exactly. You know, they're going to approach. They, yeah, if uh, children they might they might end up going to, you know, someone you don't agree or mm. disagree you know, you got to look after the alert because if you don't, they'll end up going elsewhere. First gen and second gen, there's, there's a huge difference in how we view discipline to how they viewed it. Because to them, it was it was normal. Like, your uncle could come and smack you in the head. You, your dad wouldn't care. He'd be sat there like, yeah, good, hit him harder. <laughs> it would be one of them. But now, it's completely different. And you guys as parents, I just want to hear your take on it and then I'll tell you a little story. Yeah, discipline, so... Yeah, I've got a different mindset on this as well. There's an old saying, the bata slipper. Yeah. That, that was the old discipline too, was it? Uh, wasn't it? Yeah. That And, and bata is a, uh, a shoe brand uh, from Pakistan. Whereas these days, I'm more of trying to bribe the children. So I, I, my first resort is not to chastise them. It's more to bribe them at first. And also, please and thank you goes a long way. Mm. Whereas when we were kids, our parents told us to do something. You did there was it. no please, thank you. You just did it. Mm. Whereas today, I think, yeah, you know what? If you show kids respect, they will show you some respect back. Right, Sol. 
your take on discipline on children? Um, I do not agree with it. Do not approve of it. It's not. It's not right. It just brings out either the worst or intimidates them, and it doesn't. It doesn't give you the full potential of the child, from my experience as well, because you know it limits growth. Uh, yeah, well, that's the thing. Um, with this new era, the new generation coming up, I don't think parents can discipline even if they want to. I, I'll tell you a story as well. I think I told you guys this. I'm not sure. I might have told one of you. So I was outside uh, an Asian grocery store, and there was two kids there, probably about 10, 11 years old, I'd guess. And uh, they're having a chat. So uh, one of them's saying, right. Guess what? My dad tried to hit me yesterday. And the other one's like, no way, what happened? Goes, so he told me to do something and didn't listen. He ran up to me and I said, you hit me, I'm going to ring the social services. And he goes, then what happened? And then my dad backed off and said, no, no, sorry, son. You know, you know, I never hit you, hit you before. I'm not going to hit you now, am I? I was only joking. And then the kid goes, the other kid goes, you know what? I told him that he shit his pants. He's being so nice to me now. <laughs> do you want the number for social services? And for child services, the other kid goes, Nah, I'll Google it later if I need it. <laughs> so, like, we could we do that? No, we don't want no, to dream of doing we that. Even think of that. There you go. We'd be like, Who's gonna pay the phone bill? We'd even have gonna beat me. <laughs> but, the, but the thing there is, you know what? Something that I've seen, and I've seen this from my parents, um, I've seen this with my missus as well. They try to scare the children. So they can't use this. Well, discipline is, I would. I will say, discipline is a last resort in our household. Yeah. And when I mean discipline, I mean, there are other forms of discipline, but what I mean is by chastising them. So that's the last resort. First resort is scare tactics. And this is one thing I do not like whatsoever. So if my children aren't listening, I try to ask them, I please them, and then I turn it into a game. And when you turn it into a game, no matter what they do, they will listen to you. I've tried that and it's worked. My missus, my parents, if the child doesn't listen, the first thing they say is, I'm going to tell your teacher. Why are you frightening the child from the teacher who's going to teach them? But are they even afraid? See, they're coming from a point of time where the children were afraid of teachers because teachers would hit you, even in this country back in the day, right? Very good it's point, it's not just about teachers. Teachers have an amount of respect. So, yeah. like, the elder generation, they always think parents and teachers are the most respectable people that they should look up to. And they have such day. a level of respect. Actually, in our culture, they're called master, literally meaning master. Yeah, I've heard that. Don't agree with it, but I've heard it. But, yeah, I mean, that's that, that era you don't command that type of respect anymore or that type of fear. And you're right about yeah. what teachers do as well because my dad used to tell me, and I tell my kids as well, out of joke, my dad used to tell me in Pakistan, if you were naughty, they would use a stick Get to hit the crap your hand, out of you from my to hand. And the best one I like, and, and, I'm, and I make a joke about it to tell my kids, murgi. And this is where you have to what? squat down. Like a chicken. Like a chicken. Put your legs under your knees as you're squatting down, hold your ears. And if they went to an extreme, they would actually put a heavy rock on your back and you would have to remain like that until the teacher was happy. Now, this was in Pakistan. Um, that, that's, that's that's abuse though, isn't it? So I'm not, when I'm saying discipline, I'm, I'm talking di discipline, there's a difference. So 
I don't know if you watch this. Uh, oh, it's a program. It, it comes on Channel Four. So it's a it's a woman. She's some like child behavior specialist, and she goes around to the houses trying to fix like undisciplined, out of control kids. And there's a like a ten year old kid there, and uh, the cameras are there, and and the lady's there. She like Kevin, go to your room. He's like shut up, bitch. You go to your room. <laughs> and the the woman's there. She's gobsmacked. Uh, the the specialist and she goes and she has a word with him and she doesn't speak to him like her partner she speaks to him like a 10 year old child she tells him no you're gonna go to your room boom 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 you're gonna do this and she commanded him to do something and he did it where the mother was trying to be a friend and that's what she said she said right now your child is 10 years old what's he gonna he's got no money he can't go nowhere he can't rent an apartment he can't go in a hotel you're the parent the power is in your hands but you're giving him that power. So she took that away from him because he could realise there's only so far he can go. What's he going to do? Get in a car, drive somewhere. There's, it's limited what he's going to do. Google, she'll block him. She's got the internet. She's got the internet control. She can block him on that even. So the specialist started taking control there. So that's a form of discipline. So that's the thing is the balance because some kids I see out there are wilding out so much. You think, yo, you need some damn discipline. But that's not abuse. Some... Maybe, yeah, you think, well, maybe you, if you, if what you guys are saying, that Pakistan story, that is going to make a kid revolt. You know, it's, it's not going to benefit him. It's probably going to give him issues here down the line. It's going to store up mental issues and, exactly. and they'll be affected psychologically. And that is the case. So another example I've got of what this type of psychological issues is, is um, when my children are put to sleep at night, if they don't listen or if they're not obeying, um, my wife would say, the boogeyman's going to get you. Is now my children, well, they, is it an Asian called, version of it? Or it's is called it? a baba. Right. <laughs> I I thought I right. Uh, so this boogeyman's going to come to get you. Now my children are scared of the dark, but there's nothing to be scared of. And now they won't go into rooms upstairs or or downstairs if no one's there because that you've put that fear into them that will now be yeah. there with them for the rest of their lives which is why i say to when they turn around and say if you don't listen to me i'm going to phone your teacher and that really affects my children as well because they get really upset why are you going to tell my teacher something that i'm doing at home the other thing they do i'm going to call the police the police will come what if this child in the future requires the police to help them but from childhood, they've got this fear that the police actually come to discipline you or to hurt you. We put in the wrong sense. We put in the wrong fears and the wrong ideas into children. And this affects them mentally, psychologically in the future. And we need to think about that. Next time, just say, I'll, uh, you're not going to watch any TV or your tablets will be gone. Yes. And that is how it should be. It should be. That's a form of discipline. That's a form of discipline. Yeah, because yes. you, you're, you're stopping them. Don't, don't scare them with with tails you know because it doesn't work at some point it will come around and bite you yeah i don't think our generation is has an issue there i think our generation was disciplined uh, you know i said i've spoken to a lot of friends and it's like it was common it wasn't even getting smacked to the side of your head i mean we laugh about it now but it, you know at the time i'm sure it was a bit scary for everyone but it's not something that i think we would continue as, as second gen parents yeah um, i'd agree with that yeah but the marriage side of it, that, that's a bit more complex. Where someone like so, so I mean, Sol, your missus is from here, born and bred, same gen, same everything. 
So do you, do you guys sort of match up there thinking about how you're going to marry your kids off and stuff? Would you have different viewpoints? To be honest, we've not really touched that subject uh, as they are quite young. Yeah, fair enough. I suppose they need to study yeah, and stuff like that. Speaking of that, do you guys have uh, anything in mind? You know, like some parents want their children to be doctors, lawyers, etc. Anything like that with you guys? I'm completely open-minded about this because I've been through all of that. Uh, so I've been through, you have to go to high school, get top grades, go to college, get top grades, go to uni and get a degree. I've told my son, it's your choice what you want to do. If you want to go to college, you can go to college or you can get a job straight away, start from the bottom, work your way up. Or go to college and do an apprenticeship or go to college and then we want an apprenticeship. I've even, I've even said to him, if you want, go on a gap year. When you enter your job, you're most likely going to be stuck in that for a very long time and you, as, as we started off, the show you're going to need to be able to enjoy it mm. it's a different era now that's the thing so even back in my day or whenever you went back to school you went to children uh, maybe they said i want to run my own business maybe they said man i want to be a police officer a doctor etc etc nowadays if you go to schools first thing they'll say is i want to be an influencer i want to be a youtuber i want to be a t-. That, that's what the kids are saying themselves you know if you're asking them that's the answers you're going to get for a majority, vast majority of them. Well, that's 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 really interesting because you will earn a lot more through that if you become successful. Successful. I mean, with my kids, I've I've told them they've seen my photos of me holding my degree, and they ask me what is that, and I've basically told them it's toilet paper. <laughs> so I don't want them to think they have to aspire to that. So we just make a joke out of it now. So. One word, Ikra. Which means read. read. So you just want to study? Yeah, the study of it, uh, but obviously not up to the standards of obviously what uh, Niz is trying to say. You know, if they don't want to go to university, that's again up to yourself, but they do need to understand that reading's part of life. You need. That's very you know. interesting as well, actually, what you um, said there. And I found this to be true as well. Our generation was made to read the Quran without understanding i think the new generation now from what i see from my my nieces or whatever and people around me they're making their kids also learn the meaning of what they're reading i think that's a much better way to do it we were a parrot generation meaning we just recited it without understanding it or knowing what we're reading these days the children will ask you they'll say to you what what am i reading what have i just said what does this mean and if you actually do teach them the meaning Look at how they pick up nursery rhymes. Why do they learn nursery rhymes a lot quicker than reading the Quran? Because they understand it. You know, uh, during the month of Ramadan, the Rabi prayer is read, which is the recitation of the Quran. You have to stand there. It takes around about two... About two, an hour, an hour and a bit, I'd say. I'd say about two hours. But I guess it depends on who's yeah, reading it. Yeah. But if you're standing there, they're long, long verses, long, long... Um, and if you're understanding it it's not a chore you're actually listening to it and understanding it which is I believe the purpose of Islam it's not a matter of just following it it's the belief in it as well 
Go, going back onto the education side of it and degrees, even the government has acknowledged that we have Mickey Mouse courses. They're just there to make money and to keep... Slaves, keeping slaves. Well, not slaves, to keep the unemployed off the unemployment figures. They're now classified as a student and a student is not classified as unemployed. But they're cutting down on Mickey Mouse courses. No, I, th- I think it is. It's how the government's made it. I think the education system's madly flawed. I think now it's all about online courses. You, you see that it's just a booming industry right now. People are making tons of money and people are engaging with that because they're going out there searching for courses that they want to learn and that they know will benefit them in the real world as opposed to what they learn in school. Algebra, Pythagoras, you know, stuff you're never going to ever use, but you're there like a parrot. I think school is more to get you ready for the workforce because you think about it, you get up in the morning, get ready for school, eight o'clock, certain time you have your break, certain time you have lunch throughout the day. You sit there, you do your work, don't talk to the person next to you. Literally, you, you do that, get in that routine, you become an adult, go to the office, certain time in the morning, get ready, have your break at a certain time, lunch at a certain time, sit at your desk, do your work. Like you, You're trained. You're already trained for it. And it is a second, there's a second part to that as well. It's, it's childcare on your taxes. So basically, these days now, mother and father have to work. So, so where, do, where does the kid be? In school. I mean, I'm not going to disrespect teachers. Teachers do very hard work, but they have now become carers, childminders. That's, that, that's what they've become. So the government can make sure parents are in work earning taxes. Teach children their rights. Teach children about finances. Teach, teach children about mental health. This is a big issue in this country. It's a very big one. Anxiety, depression is a huge one, especially yeah, recently got this COVID and it's a huge issue. So why not teach the things that are going to allow them to live a, not a successful life, but a balanced life? A fulfilling life. Content. Content. Yeah. I like that word, yes. Content. That's what you want, yeah. Because you're going to teach them how to do their finances. You're going to teach them their rights. You're going to teach them about their political viewpoint. This is the things they should be learning. Right. So we've basically come to the conclusion it's all about contentment. But the question we were trying to answer is how we differ to the first gen and have we learned from their mistakes. So let's summarise now. And how do we think that's going to affect the, uh, the next gen and so forth? Okay. Um, so with me... As I've mentioned, I'm second gen, my wife's first gen. I don't know if I'm being biased or maybe it's my viewpoint of my wife, but I think she's still very conservative. I'm very liberal and it's going to be a... uh, Kids are in the middle. Kids are in the middle. It's going to be a difficult time. You know, which way are they going to go? What's going to happen? But I'm going to say basically trying to aim for them to be content. But... I'm always scared of, am I allowing my past to interfere how I would actually raise them because I'm going too far one way because of what I experienced? Do you think you're being too liberal? Yeah, pretty much. That's what Because you've experienced, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I think that's... Or maybe I'm being rebellious. We need a psychiatrist on the show, you know. Maybe I'm Probably. being rebellious. Probably. seems like a therapy session anyway. But it seems like, because your wife's first gen technical way because she's obviously came over from there uh and your second gen and she's conservative as you said in her viewpoints 
and you differ from certain viewpoints because her viewpoints are quite similar to your parents' generation, isn't it? Yeah. Right. So you might be going too far extreme to the liberal side to compensate because if she was from here and she was second gen, the viewpoints may be a bit more similar to yours. Maybe you feel you don't have to go as far liberal as you are going. So maybe you are going too far sometimes. And maybe you question yourself like, would I normally be doing this? Should I be doing this? Maybe it's something to do with that. That's my guess. Um, but your thoughts, Sol? I know it's difficult, but I think we all try to aim for the middle ground. Who knows what the middle ground is? That's what I try to aim for. Not conservative or liberal. I don't know. Even I can't say if I'm being a, a good parent. You know, all we can do is... Try our best. Try our best, yeah. Yeah, I think you're right there. I don't think there is any good parent. I think that's what every generation does, isn't it? Tries to do a better job than the generation before him. And really. you, know, you know, that's a really good point. Good parent. I've actually had my father say to me, we never turned out like this. And my father did it this way. I sometimes think about my son as well. Like I'm, 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 I'm hands-on. You know, I like doing DIY. I like uh, researching, investigating stuff. Whereas my son's not like that. I do try to encourage him. There's a difference between encouraging and trying to live through him. And I think a lot of parents do do that. They try to, because they messed up at school. They wasn't a doctor, so they want their kids to be doctors. You know. So. Yes, that is that is a very good point. Live through their children. I do believe that does happen with a lot of parents. Um, yeah, because they, like mentioned second the, chance. they mentioned the word. <laughs> yes, we are the, we we are their second chance, and the terms or the words or sentences they use is our wish, our wish, hopes. Yeah. Hopes. Oh yes, hopes is a better word. Our hopes was you do this. But you got to realize your kids are their own person. They've got their own personality, their own desires, their own likes and dislikes and you can't as much as they are from you they're not you there's you unique to yourself yeah uh that's the other aspect i look at it i think of it as a, a gift because not everyone has children at the end of the day they don't yeah like you said they are from you but at the same time they're not from you because you weren't they're not your you didn't have the option you didn't have the choice of saying these are my children you know you were given as a gift and think of it as a gift you cherish each moment uh like you won't see it ever again yeah i'm not a parent yet but i read up on it and i've got a lot of friends that are parents so i look at it as a test i'm sure it's a they did a way to test you as well in many ways as as as, as they may be gifts but yeah they're their own people they're not they're not you they're not a second you may even look like you, you may even sound like you, but it's, it's like your brother and sister, your siblings. You can have them look like you, sound like you, but they're not you. There's only one of you. I think that brings a very good point. Um, one thing that parents bring up quite a lot now, and youngsters did use, is it's my life. Yeah. And parents absolutely from the first gen hate that. Yeah. Because when, when kids reply with, I'll marry who I want, I'll do what I want, it's my life. And then the parents come back with, well, no, we brought you into this world. We raised you. But then the kid can then turn around and say, well, I didn't choose you. No, you can't choose your parents. Just like you can't choose your kids. And again, that's a gift. And that's your test. 
Uh, so yeah, I think in summary, what we learned is every generation tries to learn from the mistakes of the previous one. And I think we're probably a bit picky because we feel like the previous generation made a, you know, some obvious mistakes that you could mit- mitigate, you could have just avoided, you know, had you had it took a step back and thought, okay, for example, marriage, my child is saying, I don't want to marry this person. They could have took a step back. For example, uh, work uh, or studies, I think they were more focused on an image to show others. So my, you know, my son's a doctor, my daughter's a doctor, they're married to this, they this, there was status and image applied. Status, yeah. Yeah, to what, the way they viewed it. Whereas our generation doesn't really care so much about the status. What other people think. You know, it doesn't matter this what this other person thinks because they're not paying my bills. They're, they're seeing the outside of a house, which is a facade, and what's going on inside. You know, the house could be on fire inside, but outside it's all nice and shiny. No, this, these generations, today's generation, they don't care about what people outside think and which is which is what it should be you shouldn't no i think i think that's our generation i think this that's what i'm saying it may even be going back it's kind of a strange paradox if you see this new generation the way they're coming up they care especially in social they want the likes they want the follows they are asked about what random people think forget family friends where we so this is the 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 sort of misstep from our parents generation where they cared too much about and it wasn't even about randoms it was about family you know friends close people and then when it came to our turn we're like you know what forget that we don't care we just care about what's best for us we don't care like niz said they're not paying your bills you know what what do i care about them what they're doing for me and it was more about yourself and your own your immediate family where the new generation they care about what random people think they want to be liked they want to be popular and it's the facade's gone global now. Yeah. And I think we missed out on one big point, which has just come to mind. It's a complete culture clash. The first generation came over and they didn't settle in new towns in different places. They clustered together. They remained within groups where they were comfortable, where they knew the layout, the people, so they could keep on running that same culture. But as kids, as we grew up, we went to schools, we learned English. English became our first language rather than... We adapted, yeah. Well, not I don't know if adapted, but we were taken in by this culture, the British culture, whereas our parents probably or most likely wanted us to maintain the culture that they came from and that there was that big clash i mean in 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 pakistan you won't find kids who will say no to their parents yeah i think that their biggest issue was integrating into this culture partly because people wouldn't let them and partly because they probably didn't want to or didn't know how to yeah or how to that's right so i think our generation's biggest challenge in terms of the next generation is technology we don't know how to deal. It's all new to us. We don't know how to deal with that. That's a new ball game. Oh, technology, so. yeah. I mean, I've seen it with the first generation. And I'm talking about my parents and my wife as well and them trying to 
learn about this new technology. They see it as a real threat. It's like these devices have destroyed the culture, have destroyed families, have destroyed lifestyles. Whereas in matter of fact, it's created a lot more wealth. Yeah, I think that's a whole other topic for another episode. Speaking of which, if that does interest you, please reach out on social media or even directly on our website, which is nosuchnonsense.com. Let us know. We hope you enjoyed this episode. We really enjoyed it. I'm sure you guys did. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's answered questions or made more questions. Yeah, probably a bit of both, yeah. Other than that, we'll be back next week with our usual episodes. So join us at the table. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.